As you guys know, I love hiking. And one of the most amazing experiences you can ever have, and I wish you can have it one day too, is to have a literal mountaintop experience. One of my favorite hikes to do is called actually Mount Bourjo. And it's in Banff, about a kilometer or two from Banff. It has a 1700 meter elevation. It's a 22 kilometer hike. You have to start at like 7 a.m. And as you're going up, you're walking through the forest and then you go and you pass through three lakes on the way to the peak. And while you're up there, you're even higher than even some of the clouds. And so I recall this experience and I don't doubt why people feel so close to God on a mountain because it's this transcendent experience. You feel so close to heaven. And in some ways, I wonder too if that's how St. Peter felt when he was on Mount Tabor. You know, Mount Tabor is one of the real mountains in Jerusalem. It's the mountain believed where Jesus was transfigured. And there's actually a church built on top of that mountain. And in order to get, there, get up there, it's so high that you actually have to drive up there. There's a road that leads all the way up. And not only was Peter on top of this massive mountain overlooking this beautiful valley, Peter was also able to see the glory of God revealed in Jesus. And so it's no wonder then that Peter said, Master, it is good for us to be here. In other words, he's saying, it's beautiful to be here with you to experience your glory. And so Peter wants to capture this moment. And so what he does is he, he wants to build this tent, right? Now, these tents are an allusion to several Old Testament themes. You know, when God was traveling with the Israelites in the desert, they built a tent for him so they could travel with him. The tents were also uh, what, where the Israelites lived as they traveled in the desert as well. But either way, as we hear it in the gospel today, Peter didn't know what he was saying, but all he knew is he wanted to capture this moment. He wanted to stay on this mountaintop experience. And so sometimes too in our life, we want to stay on the mountaintop. And we do not want to go into the desert. You see, we all have this mountaintop experience in our spiritual life. Maybe when you first came to the faith or had this profound encounter with God, right? You have this experience where you're just full of love. You have the zeal for God. You're on fire and your gaze is heavenward. St. Ignatius would call this a consolation, where one is inflamed with love for the Creator, that nothing else could be loved on earth. You're on this spiritual high, this mountaintop experience. But what inevitably happens to us in our spiritual life is that we cannot stay there forever. And what we experience is that we, we find that our feelings begin to subside. We get off the mountain, and we go into the desert. And St. Ignatius calls this a desolation. A desolation is basically the opposite of a consolation, where you feel this darkness in your soul, this lack of confidence, lack of hope, and you feel like God is far away. And if you aren't careful in this critical moment, a dangerous thought can form. 
And the dangerous thought is this. As our feelings subside and decrease, we believe our faith is decreasing as well. And therefore, we should just give up on the spiritual life. You know, two years ago, when um, I think it was the year of COVID, just when it first started, I had a really great summer. I was probably in the best shape of my life after hiking and camping. And then that September, October, there was this lockdown, and you could literally do nothing. You couldn't even work out. Nobody could do anything. And I remember going to almost like a mini depression. I remember just feeling unmotivated. I felt super lazy. Then I was like, man, maybe I have COVID. Then I got a test, and it was negative. I'm like, oh, darn it, I'm just lazy. <laughs> but it was this deep place of darkness. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, where you just feel like you're in this rut and you can't get out of it. This went on for months, from probably October to like April. I felt like I was wandering in the desert forever. And the temptation for me, for, for me to think was that, oh, my feelings are dropping. It's because well, my faith is getting weak. Even though I was still praying and going to Mass, so I was confused. But you see, in the transfiguration, in the gospel today, God is trying to reveal to us a deeper mystery of the spiritual life, especially when we're walking through the desert. You see, it's not an accident that Jesus moved from the mountain into the desert. You see, at the transfiguration, Jesus was there with the apostles, Peter, James, and John. And what do they hear? They hear this voice from the cloud, right? It's in a way they enter into this darkness. But they hear the voice of God saying, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. But if you read the gospel today, Jesus doesn't say anything in the transfiguration. So what are we supposed to listen to? And the way we understand the transfiguration is we have to understand in context what happened prior to it and what happened after. And so prior to the transfiguration, Jesus is saying, the son of man must suffer, must die and rise again on the third day. And then after Jesus gets off the mountain, he literally walks through the desert to go towards Jerusalem to fulfill his mission. And so when God says, listen to my son, what he's saying is that we cannot stay on the mountain forever. We can't stay in the spiritual high. That's just not reality. We have to go into the desert. And it's difficult, and it's painful. And you see, the reason why God does this, He does it for two reasons. The first is this. God is inviting us to seek not His consolation, but the God of consolation. You see, sometimes maybe in our relationships, we have that friend who likes us for what we do for them or what we can give them or our status or things like that, but they don't really like us, right? So they're, in a way, we're kind of being used by them maybe, right? And so in the same way with God too, sometimes we can just love God just because of the consolations and the good feelings that he gives us. And when he withdraws us, we're like, well, we're not friends anymore. And so in the desert, what God is doing is he's actually purifying our love for him. He's inviting us to choose to love not the feelings that he gives us, but to choose him. 
Because that is true and real love. He's inviting us to love the giver and not the gift. But I think this second reason is, I think, almost the most important one. God leads us into the desert from the mountain because he wants to teach us something very critical, that even though we do not feel him, he is always there. He's trying to teach us that even though he's far away, if he feels far away, he's actually drawing closer. That even though he withdraws his feeling, he does not withdraw his grace. Because what hap- what's happening is in that moment, it's a purification. St. John the Cross calls it the dark night. What's happening is God is beginning to infuse pure light into our soul. But because it's so bright, it appears as darkness. It feels like we're in the desert. Right? The analogy that the saints kind of give us is that the closer you get to the sun, the darker it gets. Not because there's not enough light, because there's too much light. So God is purifying our heart so that in this desert moment, we begin to rely completely on him and walk by pure faith. Because it's by pure faith that we will be united to him. What's really interesting too is that in the biblical images, you know, sometimes when we think of the desert, we feel like we're far away, we're deserted. But the biblical imagery of the desert is actually very different. In the book of the prophet Hosea, after Israel has turned away from God, where does God lead Israel to restore her love for him? It's the desert. If you read the Song of Songs, this love poetry, and these lovers seeking after one another, and there's this kind of pivotal moment where they emerge from this place, where do they emerge from? They emerge from the desert. And so this Lent, when God is inviting us to sometimes walk from the mountain into the desert, he's actually not drawing farther away. He's drawing closer because the desert is the place of intimacy. And so in those moments in your life, in your spiritual life, when you feel it and you know that you've been trying hard and you feel like he's far away, it's actually an invitation to go even deeper because he is there. And so I pray that as you draw close into the desert and you walk by faith, knowing that he's purifying our love and drawing us to a deeper relationship with him, we will find this deep peace, as St. Therese of Lisieux says. Everything was sadness and bitterness and still peace, always peace reigned at the bottom of the chalice.